Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. You're chopping it up with Chuck. I'm the Editor-in-Chief with Cannabis and Tech Today. This podcast is brought to you by our very generous sponsors, PolyScience and Summit Research. And we always bring you the best guests. We are coming to you live from MJ Biz, or it might be almost live by the time you see this. And uh, today's guest is, I'm very excited. We actually met in uh, Berlin and we talked about how we could collaborate and I'm excited to finally get him on the show. We have today Todd Scatini with Harvest360. How are you, Todd? I'm great, thanks Chuck, it's good to see you again. Great to see you, man. You probably thought I was lying to you when I was like, we're gonna do this, we're gonna talk, and you know, like we just got busy and everything. And Absolutely, life yeah. happens. We're moving at the speed of marijuana, you know, moving which is at really fast. Dude, didn't this year go fast? Yeah. Yeah. Freaking flew by. So I look through my camera roll. I see all these places that we've been traveling. I mean, the cannabis business, keep, keep, cannabis business keeps you moving, you yeah. know? Well, and you've got your hands in lots of areas of business, right? You want to tell the audience kind of yeah, sure. kind of what you do and uh, you know what you're what you're doing in the cannabis industry. Yeah, so I'm a little bit complicated because I do a lot of stuff in terms of activism. I uh -huh. do a lot of stuff in terms of business as well. But you know, my origin story is a little bit different as well because I started in the military. Mm -hmm. I enlisted in the army at 19 and uh, didn't leave until 27 years later. You know, I was lucky enough to get accepted to go to West Point. I graduated from there. Uh, the army taught me five different languages. I uh, served as an armor officer for a decade and then I became a foreign area officer, which is a, a military diplomat, someone who's trained to focus on particular regions of the world. Um, to give you know strategic advice to our general officers, our ambassadors, our president, and things of that nature. So I was really lucky. I got to live for 15 years in Europe, in six different countries, and go to Afghanistan a couple of times, which was very interesting. And my life certainly changed there. You know, I, yeah, I, it was there that I really started looking at cannabis as something other than a drug or a problem. You know, and saw it as an opportunity. Yeah. Um, I was working on a really special staff in Afghanistan. Uh, I was working for the commander of the International Security Assistance Forces, or ISAF, wow. largest military coalition that's ever existed. Fifty nations were there. And you know, we were asked as a special staff to come up with creative ways to uh, provide solutions or create an economy of scale for Afghanistan. And I came up with this idea to transition them over to a hemp industry. Yeah. Right? You know, 25,000 different uses, food, fuel, fiber, building it grows material. There? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they grow cannabis in large sure. swaths, you know. They, they, their cannabis production has increased tenfold since we arrived there in 2001. So I don't know what the DEA was doing. I think they were passing out uh, fertilizer <laughs> or something but you know I thought it was a genius idea they yeah. already knew how to grow cannabis for high THC they could also grow hemp for fiber or herd yeah. or all the things and I thought it was genius but I was you know uh, laughed at and called Cheech and Chong for a while and you know was, but but it really it, it kicked me off on this and I knew that I wanted to get into the industry I started following the evolution yeah. of legalization and uh, created my company in a manner that could kind of help keep up with it, you know, and be a part of it and be a driver in it. 
I started off as an activist, and I'm still a very proud activist. Yeah. Uh, I was part of Kansas City Normal uh, during the you know, prior to legalization in Missouri, where I live. Yeah, that just uh, happened, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. After, well, this is for medical, and, oh, okay. and then we just le we just legalized for adult use. Right. I'm part of that as well, and now we're focused on Kansas and Texas. Because, you know, I go anywhere that veterans don't have access to medical cannabis. Yeah. And I'm going to fight for their right because I see, you know, we're, we're a population that is in, you know, serious distress. We have over 22 people a day committing suicide. And yeah. 10 more who are overdosing. We have a serious substance abuse issue, both in our ranks and in the veteran population. And I think that cannabis can be a solution to that. And I think it's important for, you know, the Department of Defense, for yeah. the VA to start looking at this as a real option. You know, yeah, and I'm and I'm a veteran myself. Eleven Bravo uh, joined when I was 18. I was in a, a light infantry unit, rapid deployment force out of mm -hmm. Fort Lewis, Washington, and uh, I didn't really have much experience with cannabis uh, until I got out of the army. I mean, I, I had always smoked, you know, with my buddies and stuff like that. I tried not to do it too much in the army because, you know, I was worried I was gonna, you yeah. know, get a piss test, and you know, That's I was gonna right. piss hot. Uh, but no, I, I I I did it just because it felt good. Now I understand, just like you said, that there's a lot of veterans that have issues, right? And they yeah. go to the VA and they get prescribed medicine that has side effects. They get prescribed stuff that, you know, can be addictive. They get, they get uh, prescribed things that sometimes, you mentioned the veteran suicide crisis. Sometimes the VA is giving veterans medicine that it says warning yeah. may cause suicide. Exactly. Increased potential for suicidal How ideation. Up is that? Increased potential for depression. Yeah. And you're like, that's why I came to you, doc. Yeah. Yeah, you know, actually, so my wife also gets uh, her care from uh, from uh, military doctors as well. And she once asked a doctor, you know, what do you think about medical cannabis? And he says, oh, my God, that's going to, you know, you're going to become addicted to that. You're going to have depression and very likely going to commit suicide, you know, yeah. and then provides her a prescription of a product that says increased potential for depression and suicidal ideation. And it's just it's, it's a, crazy. Yeah, it's 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 amazing how this plant can be so triggering for so many people. But yeah, the, the fact of the matter is the the military and the VA, they really don't have the vocabulary to have the conversation about yeah. cannabis. So education and filling that education gap is really important. Yeah, and I think that, you know, uh, we just had Veterans Day, mm -hmm. which for me is kind of, you know, I, I like I like being able to go to the different restaurants and uh, they have free meals for veterans. And, you you know, you see a guy from like Vietnam wearing his hat. You see a dude from World War II. Like, it's just really cool to, you know, see some of those older, you know, vets and to be able to kind of have that. But, you know, other than that, um, everybody says thank you for your service. Mm -hmm. But... That's kind of it. Yeah. You get free meals one day a year and you get thank you for your service, but no real help for veterans issues. And everybody supposedly is for the vets. Right. And so I, th I think that's why cannabis is like this one space, yeah. this one moment in time that we're in right now where the VA, the Veterans Administration, who takes care of the nine million veteran patients, yeah. um, the the DOD, they should really be on the forward leading yeah. edge of of cannabis research, all the way from industrial hemp yeah. and the ways that it can be used uh, for food, fuel, fiber, building material, medicine, all the way to understanding what the implications are of the adult use of cannabis. Like we have in Canada, for example, you know, a NATO ally has had the adult use of cannabis for like 
four years now. Yeah. And from what I all reports, you know, the sky hasn't fallen yet. Yeah. Are they like crashing their planes? No, and no. Driving nothing. their tanks off cliffs? And no, actually, you know, falling I've, asleep. <laughs> I've spoken to some of those leaders who who were commanding troops. Yeah. When legalization took place there, and they said, you know, the thing we really noticed was guys weren't coming in and so hungover in the morning. Guys weren't. Uh, you know, yeah. they weren't wrapping their cars around telephone poles, you know, from driving drugs. For all of the phone calls that I would get at three in the morning, yeah. you know, they're not to tell you that your soldier just won soldier of the quarter. They're yeah. usually, you know, <laughs> come get your soldier out of the pokey. Yeah. And it's never because of weed. Yeah. You know, it was always because of alcohol. Alcohol is a major contributor to, uh, you know, poor order and discipline yeah. and disciplinary issues within the ranks. And so I think cannabis, one of the things I've seen, and I'm sure you have too, is that people who consume cannabis really reduce their consumption of alcohol. And yeah. I think that would be a benefit overall. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. It's, uh, you know, it's just interesting to me, you know, going back to what I was talking about, you know, uh, uh, you know, don't thank me for my service. Vote for someone who's mm -hmm. going to help me, right? Yeah, and 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 I'm tired of the platitudes. I'm tired of the parties who use the veteran as a, uh, as a, as a symbol, right? right like, you right. know, Hey, we're for the veterans. And then they go vote against, you know, benefits for them from burn pits, right? right? Like that pisses me off. Yeah. I'm so tired of them pretending that they are for the vets. But when it comes down to putting pen to paper, when it comes down to passing legislation, when it comes down to actually helping vets, yeah, they're, takes... they're, they're dicks. They just yeah. don't care. And well, I, I think, think they people... just don't understand what that opportunity is, right? Yeah. It's up to us to paint the picture for them of what it could look like, yeah. right? Um, you know, when you look, when you think about the VA, they are the ideal organization to help uh, make this transition yeah. from the, you know, pharmaceutical medication and, and those type of treatments to medical cannabis, right? Yeah. yeah. This is the largest healthcare system in the United States. Wow. The uh, nine million patients get their care from the Veterans Administration yeah. and family I'm one members. Of them. Of, yeah, me too. Yeah. 150 VA hospitals across the country and in the territories, uh, 1,200 VA clinics. And you know, there are 40 something states now that have medical cannabis. So you know, they're, also, they're authorizing the doctors at the VA to speak to veterans about medical cannabis, but they're not asking the right questions, right? right? They're missing the opportunity to, to complete what is probably the world's largest human trial on cannabis because they're not asking, you know, how much cannabis do you use? What kind of cannabis do you use? Methods of administration, how often, where, yeah. how much are you spending on your medicine? Yeah. And most importantly, what has been the impact for you? How does it make you feel? You know, yeah. I feel like I always feel like Private Miller. Uh, you know, the opening scene of Pineapple Express. Yeah. Oh my God, where he's like, well, this stuff is Bill the Hader. bee's knees. We should be, we should be shouting this from the rooftops, man. You know. They're like, that guy's got to go. Exactly. Remember when they like cart him away yeah. because you know, they're like, this is illegal. You know. You know, and the funny thing is too is, um, they don't think it's medicine. Yeah, that's the problem, right? They think like maybe if, if you know, oh, you know, we'll we'll let them, you know, you brought up that it's better than alcohol. So right. they're looking at it as just something, you know, to to take the edge off. But it really is medicine. It's there's there's proof. Literally, yeah. you can see someone having seizures and, you know, you give them a little bit of cannabis oil and it stops immediately that anyone can see. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, uh, We've got to get over that hurdle so that everybody recognizes this is medicine. It's oh, yeah. not just Cheech and Chong. Yeah. This is like, you know, uh, this 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 has really got medical yeah. benefits. So, and so the way I address that is with uh, 
education, right? Yeah. So I've been dropping off books to leaders that I think could be well informed on cannabis. One of them is a book that was written by our chief medical advisor at Harvest 360, a guy named Dr. Philip Blair. He's a retired colonel, uh -huh. uh, retired doctor. He's a West Point graduate as well from 1972. Um, and he wrote this book called Medicinal Cannabis and CBD and Mental Health Care. And it's this huge compendium of kind of where we are. It goes through Cannabis 101 yeah. and then kind of where we are in terms of research and our understanding of how cannabis works on, on mental health. And I've given that to some you know influential people. I've dropped it off with the Army Wellness Center at yeah. Fort Leavenworth and they were so excited to have it because yeah. they deal with veterans who are coming in from Missouri yeah. where we have medical cannabis. I've dropped it off at the Army Substance Abuse Program yeah as well you know and they're the ones who do the whiz quizzes yeah and they also were pouring through it they're so they're like this is amazing they're actually pointing things out they're like oh my god this works for sleep apnea and this works for back yeah. pain and wow we should be looking into this uh, I've dropped it off at the US Embassy in Berlin when I was there and I saw you at the International yeah, Cannabis yeah. Business Conference shout you out know. to ICBC absolutely Alex yeah. and those guys are amazing yeah. uh, and all of those shows are, are phenomenal um, but I, I, I dropped it off at the U.S. Embassy there and spoke with the Department of Trade and Commerce about cannabis and, and IP and technology and things that are going on in the industry. And, you know, again, very warmly received. So I think that's the way you combat all of this. You yeah. educate so that, so that they have the, the vocabulary to have the conversation and kind of paint the picture of what it could really look like, yeah. you know. That's why we talk about Hemp for Victory a lot. You know, that's a nonprofit that, that I helped start, um, the Hemp for Victory Foundation. Our, our mission is to really set the stage for conversations. Wherever cannabis expertise and military leadership intersect, Hemp for Victory is there to have a conversation, either in an online forum or in person like we did last year. In November, we had the Hemp for Victory mixer after the Army Air Force football game in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. It was at Troy Aikman's bar. Yeah. We had over 350 active duty military personnel, veterans, family members, general officers showed up. Yeah. And we were talking about cannabis and we talked about it from the context of history. Yeah. That's why I call it Hemp for Victory. Yeah. Right. You're familiar with the 19, uh, was it 1942 program where the USDA did a, a program called Hemp for Victory when we lost access to hemp from the Philippines. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and we recognized that we couldn't finish the war effort. We needed hemp fiber for belts and tents and all this other stuff. So we allowed farmers to once again grow hemp. It was the first time that we re-legalized wow. cannabis for military purposes, yeah. right? Because of military necessity. And, and in my view, you know, when we've got a suicide crisis like we do in our veteran community and yeah. within our ranks, yeah. right? People are ignoring, they think only veterans are popping themselves in the mouth. No, it is it, active duty military yeah. personnel. The, the suicide rate has increased by over 50% since COVID. Wow. And those are big numbers. Yeah. So we've got a crisis. We're in a I moment saw more, of military more veterans crisis. Have died by suicide than have died in war. Absolutely. It, it, since since, for, since uh, 2001, yeah. yeah, more yeah. have died by suicide without a doubt. That's crazy to think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And hemp is and hemp and you know cannabis can solve so many problems. You know something else too. Maybe maybe if they're looking at the bottom line. You know it's probably expensive. The VA costs a lot of money for the government to take care of these these veterans and mm -hmm. aging veterans and stuff like that. And you know. Uh, Maybe, maybe if they looked at, well, shit, this stuff works. They like it better. There's less side effects, but it saves us money. Yeah. You know, maybe oh, it could save them money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, yeah. you know, the budget. I mean, think about it. Like, I left the military on a prescription for, or I had a prescription for eight different medicines. Jeez. Right? 
And so now I'm on one medicine. Yeah. And it's Flonase. Right, because yeah. uh, the weed hasn't cured my, my, my allergies yet, but the other, yeah. I pay for myself, and it is cannabis. And usually I, usually I get veteran-grown cannabis yeah. out of Missouri because we have home grow there. Yes. That's another thing that I've seen really is like the, the true therapeutic benefits of cultivating cannabis on your own. Yeah. Right? Home grow. I, I've seen, you know, I, a, I have a, a neighbor across. Too. I have a good story. I have a neighbor across the street that I met six years ago. Yeah. Left the military, left the Marines with post-traumatic stress and an injury. Became a prison guard, which that's just like a yeah. box of fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> got attacked in prison and beaten severely so left with more injuries yeah more ptsd PTSD. became you know really addicted to alcohol and when we re-legalized cannabis in missouri for medical use i helped get him a card i helped get him cannabis and then i helped him get a grow license so he could grow at home wow so now every time i see him he goes todd you saved my life. Yeah. This plant is saving my life. You know, That's I don't drink great. at all. And his wife grabs me by the sleeve and she goes, Todd, you saved my marriage. Yeah. You saved my marriage. And now they grow together yeah. and they manufacture edibles for her mother. So his mother-in-law. So yeah. if cannabis can cure your relationship with your mother-in-law, this stuff can do anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no man. You have me a hello. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> a, I'm just a guy who believes in it as well. And I just, you know, again, I, I really want to go back to the fact that uh, this can help veterans and everybody says they're for the veterans so mm-hmm. you know what can we do what can the people watching at home do you know how can they if they if they say yeah you know I agree Todd right. and Chuck these guys are pretty smart we should be able for veterans what what can people do well first I think people can can vote their yes. minds right yeah uh, you cannot be pro-veteran and be anti-cannabis right. there is no way yeah I, I, I truly that's believe a great quote that. right there yeah you can use that one yes, yes but yes, I, I believe it you know yeah. but as, as, as an industry I think what we can do is when you have a veteran that's working for you or you're a veteran owned business lead with that yes you know talk about it raise your voice yeah. it, it, the veteran voice will break the back of prohibition absolutely break yeah. the back you know i mean we started in the 90s the the aids movement in california yeah. real I mean, and those were veterans by the way you know jack Herrer was an army veteran ah. uh, and so and so it, it was really started uh during the 90s then in the 2000s you know charlotte feige shows up army brat yeah by the way i don't know if you know that but oh, Charlotte's an army brat her, yeah. her father's a was a special forces non-commissioned officer wow and so charlotte feige's mom Paige feige uh when she was having intractable epileptic seizures she went out and found the stanley brothers who who, who made the strange charlotte's web for her yeah and and now though you know and still we couldn't legalize on a federal level but now yeah it's the federal government like the veterans will do that i truly believe that because the veteran voice runs through every element of our society. Do we have Elected good lobbyists officials. for veterans? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know but, but the people, because that's what gets things done. Yeah, exactly. It's money. Yeah, exactly. It, it, you know, it, the public sentiment's great. True. And I don't think people vote on uh, real substantive issues. It's just tribal, right? You yeah. Know, for everyone in that tribe or everyone in this tribe, yeah. they don't. They, and half the time they don't even deliver anything. Right. Mm. Or or they they do bullshit like, you know, where they didn't want to pass the burn pit, uh, you know, legislation to give benefits to veterans. So I, I 
yeah, I think people need to vote. Well, I think, yeah. you know, are there organizations people Oh, certainly. Yeah, certainly. So the, the Hemp for Victory Foundation is one that can't, that, you know, and we're dying for support. We're just starting out. Okay. And we're looking for corporate sponsorship. We're looking for people who see the value yeah. of hosting this conversation between the, the cannabis community, yeah. meaning all of the expertise and the industry and the veteran population and the military population to host that conversation like you host yeah. this conversation right to provide those platforms where you know we're speaking virtually we're speaking in person right they could be events up to a thousand people all the way down to a table for four if if the people at that table for four are influential and can make decisions yeah then that's effective right so that's the that's the idea of, of what him for victory is doing so are you are you optimistic uh biden when he came out you know a lot of people were like oh you know he didn't really do anything but mm -hmm. i think it was pretty significant that a sitting u.s president said mm -hmm. uh cannabis might not be bad and maybe these people shouldn't be in jail for right. it and maybe we need to look at you know descheduling or something like that do you think that that he's really behind that or do you think he was just kind of a midterm thing? He's sort of, as people say, well, yeah, you, gotta, it, yeah. you gotta appease the stoners. Yeah, I think it was, a, well, I think he re most politicians, at least the smart ones, recognize that weed is way more popular than they are. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm surprised the Republicans haven't jumped on this issue yeah. because it's well, they have, personal actually. freedoms. Yeah. yeah, some of them. They, they have one in particular, Senator Nancy Mace out, okay. of, uh, out of South Carolina. I don't okay. know if you've heard of her. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. She put forth federal legalization language that is going through now. Yeah, She's the first female graduate of the Citadel. Yeah. Right. And and has a oh, really wow. incredibly compelling story. You yeah. Know, she's a rape victim from 18. Right. M women have the highest rate of PTSD than anyone. Everyone looks at the veterans, but it's yeah. really the women wow. who, who, who deal with uh, a lot of PTSD. And she suffered uh, from rape and, and became a, uh, a cannabis consumer and is now a very proud cannabis patient and has put forward federal legalization language that is actually really sensible. Wow. You know, and she's a Republican. So I, I love think, it. Politicians are recognizing that, you know, this is a, this plant is a great uniter. It's you know, it's a really great uniter and you know, because creates jobs, it doesn't, it helps you know, people. Absolutely. Yeah, I, it's a mass this is a paradigm shift. Yeah. You know? Uh the re-legalization of cannabis is is so much more than getting high. Yeah. You know, and people boil it down to smoking weed. And it's so much more than that. Right. Right? The impacts of the re-legalization of this plant are hitting on areas of social justice and yeah. fairness and social equity within the cannabis industry, which is something I focus heavily on. Yeah. Economic impact on the international all the way to the inner in individual level. You yeah. know, people are creating legacy uh, in the industry and, and countries like Germany, you know, are, are the fourth largest economy on the planet. They're legalizing for adult use. There are sustainability gains that we're making, major advances in the culture cultivation and manufacturing of the plant. But, you know, the most important that I see really is health and wellness. Yeah. And and uh, this huge shift, the, the VA and the DOD are perfectly positioned to help lead that the way that we have since the inception of our country, really. Yeah. I, I truly believe that. But, um, yeah, it's it's an amazing time that we're in. I feel very fortunate. Well, let let people know how they can get a hold of you because we got to wrap it sure. up. I can talk to you all yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you know, my, I'm, they're giving me the hook. I'm, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm getting the red light. <laughs> so um, yeah, how can people get a hold of you? Right. If uh, they want to do some business or they want to find out more about you know Hemp yeah. Victory or whatever. Yeah. So you can find me on on all platforms. Real name Todd Scatini. LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. 
Okay. Uh, and I'm pretty active on, on most of those. You can find my company, Harvest360, at harvest360.co. Okay. Uh, you, can hime, you can find the Hemp for Victory Foundation. I think it's hemp, the number four, victory.org. I'll have to confirm on that. But okay. Yeah, but that's one. Uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. And you know, my company, Harvest360, I didn't talk about what we do actually professionally, but we yeah. write license. We help people enter the industry all across the country. And we've been doing it very successfully. We focus on social equity applicants, women, and veterans. And uh, we've, we've been doing a great job. We coach people and we help them then become multi-state operators and eventually international operators. Wow. Yeah. Well, dude, you're a man of many talents. I look forward to more collaborations with you Do and it. doing stuff with you. And uh, it was a pleasure having you here. Thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay, everybody, we are done. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and hit the like button. Make sure that you subscribe, uh, follow the conversation. Make sure you follow Todd, follow Canatech today. And don't forget our wonderful sponsor, PolyScience and Summit Research. They're the ones that keep the lights on around here. And uh, again, if you enjoy this episode, make sure that you subscribe. We're available pretty much any place you can get a podcast. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. You've been chopping it up with Chuck. We'll see you next time. Take care. Hey, hello, I'm Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Wait, you didn't think people would know who I am? Durachill. Uh, this is Durachill. This is Durachill. This is Durachill. No. Hey, I don't talk like that. You want me to sell this? Buy it. Try Durachill or else. If you want something really nice in your laboratory, buy Durachill. You can't go wrong.